And welcome back to Real Presence Live this morning. My name is Ben Frost, hosting this morning in Holy Spirit Catholic Church, Virginia, Minnesota. And I am sitting next to Father Brandon Moravitz. And we're excited for this next segment. Uh, we'll be interviewing a good friend of ours, and that's Nick Davidson. And Father, I'm going to have you introduce uh, Nick this morning. Hey, Nick, it's Father Brandon. It's good to be with you on the radio. Um, hey, and good to hear you. I'm looking forward to the next 20 minutes and hearing a little bit of what God's doing in your life and have you a chan- give you a chance to share a little bit about some of the things you talk to our people here at Holy Spirit during our parish mission at the beginning of Lent. So why don't we uh, kick things off and just, I know you've been on Real Presence Radio a number of times, uh, but kind of share what's currently going on in your family's life and kind of the ministry you've established and, and where it seems as if the Spirit is stirring and moving your family um, into this next phase of the life of your family. Yeah, um, can you you can hear me okay? Yep. Okay, yeah, well, yeah, thanks for having me on. I really, really appreciate it. Um, so currently, we live in International Falls, Minnesota, my wife and five children. Um, and we have been up here uh, kind of preparing to head to the mission field. Uh, we've always known, my wife has always known she's going to be a missionary, and um, I've known since I met her that I was going to be a missionary. And so we um, we are finally now on the cusp of that. We are finally actually... Um, we are moving to Cambodia, uh, Lord willing, we are moving to Cambodia on September 5th of this year, um, and we're, we're uh, working about all those details right now, of which there are many. It's funny, right before we got on the air, I was uh, conversing with a current missionary who lives over there, hearing uh, some of the seriousness of what's going on. Uh, there's kind of a crackdown, not a crackdown, but there's a hemming in of Christianity over there that they're experiencing, and uh, that's all new. Uh, this is actually new to me today, some of the stuff I'm finding out, but we're very excited. We're glad to move over there. It's been a long, long, long time coming. Uh, yeah. You know, Nick, um, as you're, you're talking about this, I know when you were up here at the parish, we had some opportunities just to really talk a little bit about, you know, you grew up, you know, in a in a Assemblies of God Protestant sort of church and and there's a there's a culture of missionary life like you're used yeah. to missionaries and things like that and and in our catholic life we often use the word missionary and but it's it's a different kind of uh, uh life here in the catholic church in some ways um and i wonder if you could just speak to you know maybe somebody's out there they're just thinking like missionary like what like why would somebody go to cambodia <laughs> you know why would yeah. like like for some catholic people that that just doesn't doesn't always register um and then how does the church get behind Catholic missionaries? Um, because I think sometimes that can be a struggle for families that, that want to go be missionaries. And how does the church, how do the people of God get behind that support and loving those that feel that call as Catholics to the missionary field? Sure. Yeah, man. I'm glad you asked. And um, I'm glad we have a couple hours to talk about it. Um, <laughs> no, uh, I. Um, it's so interesting. Every Sunday of our life, you know, when we walk in the front of our church growing up at the Assemblies of God, there's posters on the wall, like there's, you know, page size posters, multiple ones, the different missionary families that your your congregation and your parish support monthly. And, you know, there's a picture of them and their family smiling awkwardly, and then there's a map of the country that they live in and, and a little bit about them and their names. And, and yet, like, every third Sunday growing up, you had um, somebody, you had a missionary visiting who was back in the States traveling around fundraising for their time overseas. And it was just a way of life. It was a kind of a given, like, everybody just sort of wondered, okay, at some point, like, hey, I wonder if I should be a missionary. Like, it seems pretty accessible. And then we became Catholic in 08, and we just, it took us a while to realize. I remember at one point talking to Father Mike saying, like, hey, so, okay, as a Catholic now, how do we be a missionary? And he's like, well, you know, you're just Catholic, and you go be a missionary. I'm like, well, yeah, but, like, 
who do you go through? You know, in the Assemblies of God, they just told you where to go and what to do. And he's like, no, you're just, uh, you're a Catholic and you're a missionary. You just go. And so that was kind of, it was neat. It was really exciting in the beginning because it's like, oh, wow, the world's wide open. Like, we, we can just go wherever God leads. Um, and not that they weren't led by God in the Assemblies. I'm just saying, like, it was a very hands-on approach. And so for us, we, you know, we had that wide open feeling. And, and then we started to realize slowly over time, wow, nobody does this. Like, or I guess not nobody, but very, very few people in the Catholic world do this. I mean, the nuns do it and the priests do it. And yet everybody knows the priests and the nuns are the missionaries. But when it comes to just, you know, lay people at home, like, they don't even know that they can do it. So we, we started last March. And again, I, I've actually been pretty convicted on this. I have to start diving into our YouTube channel again because... One of the goals of our YouTube channel playlist called Our Missionary Life was to show just everyday people, like, you know what, you could be open to this, and if God asked you to go somewhere, you could do it. Like, it's not insurmountable. Um, and so, like, trying to document, here's how you do passports, here's how you get visas, here's the mundane aspect. But also, here's how you sell everything you own and or put it in storage and just kind of go. And that's a really foreign concept currently. In the church, I actually don't know, you know, throughout the history of the church how common it's been. But for for us, it's like, man, it's a wide open planet. You know, if God asks you to take your family and go, He provides it. It's just that most Catholic lay people don't know that that would ever be an option. And then to answer your question on how to support, I mean, I, I've been talking with our diocese. You know, when you walk into a church in the diocese of Duluth, you have a, a big, big poster of all the seminarians. Um, and, you, you know, you always know who the bishop is, obviously, but you also know who your upcoming priests are. And, I mean, how much more aware would people be if there was just a poster in the, in the entryway of every church? It's like, here's your diocesan missionaries. Here's Nick and Jason. And, you know, like, so I think just that awareness from a diocesan level would be good. And then low, how do you support? Well, definitely you pray for them, and then you find ways, you know, you find ways to dip into your pocketbook or find ways to dip into, you know, sending medical supplies or whatever. You just actively get on board, um, and you make such a huge difference by doing that. Yeah, you know, Nick, I, I'm so grateful because um, I, I think this is one of those areas that we can continue to do a better job in catechizing and educating people about the missionary life of the church. And, you know, it's one of those things that, that as the pastor here in Virginia, um, I've, I've really been trying to bring about that missionary call into our, our people's <laughs> hearts. But some people, it's just so foreign. It's like another language, and it's hard to like understand and conceptualize that a family would just up and go to Cambodia or wherever yeah, it might yeah. be. Um, but we need to continue to try to help us understand that this is really an important part of the life of the church. Um, and so I, I, could you just kind of, going back to the beginning of Lent here, um, you know, when you came to our parish, you kind of connected some of those those pillars of Lent, of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving to the missionary life of the church. And I'm just going to open this up to you. Is there is there any of those areas that you just want to speak to about, like, prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, and how that is just, it's part of the life of a missionary. Um, it's part of the life of us as a Catholic. Like, how do you connect those Lenten practices to the missionary life? Yeah, well, okay, so I'll, I'll try not to be too long-winded. I guess... In the initial response, it goes back to the fact that most people don't realize that our church, by its very nature, by, by you know, the word Catholic means universal. And if you, <laughs> I remember reading this in the Catechism, which, by the way, if you don't have a Catechism and you're listening, please get one. It's the most beautiful book besides the Bible that I've ever read. Anyway, the Catechism says, like, for the church to be Catholic, which means universal, for us to be universal, it, then the gospel has to be preached to all people in all places at all times. 
And that, that's us. That's, that's you and me. So you, the listener, you might not be, you know, called by God to go to Cambodia. But you, if you call yourself a Catholic, you are a missionary. You have, you have to be. Like, you have to extend the gospel. And that's a huge challenge to us, but it's not a negative challenge. That's a very exciting thing to realize, like, no, you don't need to just go to Mass every Sunday. You actually have, you have the antidote. Like, you have the answer that the world, you have Christ, and the entire world is looking for him. And so you can go into your, your current culture, your neighborhood, um, and you can bring Christ to that, and that's your, your missionary work. Well, when it comes to Lent, then, um, pray, fast, and give, prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, all three of those things, again, this all comes from the catechism, it's very clear on it, that praying uh, is your relationship with God. Prayer is, is just, you know, that is your relationship with God. So, you, like, of course, you need to pray, but then in a missionary mindset, um, you pray realizing that your whole relationship with Him is prayer. So it's not just when you're, you're on your knees or when you take time before a meal or when you do a rosary at night. But that if he goes with you, if he comes with you, if you take him with you and let him, like, guide you through your day, then your whole day can become, like Paul says, prayer without ceasing. But then also, you can begin to, you know, in- interact with your coworkers and your friends and your family in a way that is not only just prayerful, but is missionary-oriented. And then fasting, again, like, I, I won't go way into it, but the idea of being hungry, um, like, we, our true hunger is for the Lord. Our true thirst is for him, whether or not we know it. And so those times when we find ourselves, our stomach is rumbling or the thing that we've given up seems to be beckoning to us, well, that's just a time to remember. Like, that thing I gave up isn't bad, but man, my true hunger actually is for God. It's to be reminded that I rely on Him. And again, if you go into the world with that, if you take your fasting into the world and realize that everyone around you is hungering for Him without knowing it, then you actually know the true food, you know the true answer to what they're hungering for, um, and then it's all culminated, of course, missionary-wise, it's all culminated in almsgiving. That the Catechism and Jesus himself is so blatantly clear that we, will, we won't be judged on how many talks we go to or how many, you know, we won't be judged on how many Masses we attend. Well, I mean, in general, we have to attend Mass, but, like, we're not being judged on that. What we are judged on is our treatment of the least of these, of, of the poor. And, and so, like, that kind of culminates, if you have a relationship with God in prayer, and you know where your hunger lies in fasting, then that should culminate in, okay, then I'm going to open my hands and my pocketbook and my time, and I'm going to give to those in most need of it. So it is culminated in, like, prayer fasting and almsgiving is missionary life. Hmm. Nick, I'm curious, as, as you're sharing that and just thinking about our listeners and the reality is we're all meant to kind of respond in, in this missionary work. And some of us, it's people that are very close to us in our communities. But I think sometimes like we forget like God is still calling missionaries in our world today. And I'm just curious, and we have a couple minutes till our break here, but what? how did you hear and respond to the voice for like very specific, like we are going somewhere, we are letting go of a lot of things and we are entering into this missionary field. Like how did you and your wife like... Were you really young when you felt that call? Like, how did you discern that call? Yeah, uh, well, my wife was very young. My wife knew, yeah, when she was 10, um, that, that that was the life for her, that she was called to go somewhere. Um, and for me, it was, I mean, I joke about it, but it was meeting her and seeing that and realizing, well, okay, and in, in the beginning it was just, I would like to be with her wherever she is. But then to realize, you know, here in America, we're inundated with Christianity. Like, we, we're... We, even if we don't embrace it anymore, we know the Christian story, we know the wording, we, we've heard Jesus 
it's a swear word in our culture. We've heard it so much. But in other cultures, like, in, for instance, Cambodia, um, just to realize, oh, my goodness, that's 98% Buddhist. I mean, other than American television, Western television, a, a lot of them probably could go their whole life without really hearing or knowing Jesus' name and knowing that, like, that's the hunger that, you know, that they have is for him. It's not for anything else. So to realize, wow, if I were to go there and, you know, give my life or my time or my next decade or whatever to learning the language, I could actually bring Jesus to people for maybe the first time. And that doesn't discount what we have in America because you're my listeners right now, you guys, you if you're open to it, God will find ways that you will bring him into people's lives for the first time as well. That's kind of a good uh, place to... Uh, we're just coming up on, on a break here, but um, we're talking with Nick Davidson this morning, and he is exploring missionary life, and we've had Nick here at our church throughout Lent uh, exploring uh, some of those missionary themes. So we are going to be going to, to break here, and when we come back, we're going to continue this conversation uh, with Nick exploring uh, missionary life. So stay with us. We'll be right, right back here on Real Presence Live. This is Mark Holcraft. And this is Dr. Joseph Holcraft. You know, Mark, Jesus asks 307 questions in sacred scripture. He has asked 183, of which he only answers three. What's the business with all of this questioning going on in the Bible? Well, Joe, there's a lot there, and we'll be ready to take that on. Tune in to hear about these questions and more on Awaken every second and fourth Wednesday at 7 a.m. Central here on Real Presence Radio Network. This is Father Pfeiffer of the Diocese of Fargo, just taking a moment to reflect on the significance of humility in our lives. Humility helps us to offset pride. Pride is an obstacle where we believe that we do not need God. And when we have pride in our lives, we need to ask God to humble us, to help us to become humility. The great example that we can turn to in the scriptures is that of St. John the Baptist. He was a humble man. He did not want to baptize. He all he wanted to do was point others towards the goodness of Jesus Christ and the good things that God is going to do to save all God's people. And that's why we need a dignity and respect for all human life as part of humility. To look at others just as important as ourselves. To treat others. Because when pride creeps in, the enemy wins. And when humility comes in, the heart of Jesus wins. This is Molly Roush, the HR Director from the Rapid City Catholic Schools in Rapid City, South Dakota. Thank you for listening to Real Presence Radio. Real Presence Radio is available on Alexa-enabled devices, including Amazon Echo, phones, tablets, and smart displays. To enable the skill, just say, Alexa, enable Real Presence Radio. To listen, say something like, Alexa, open Real Presence Radio. It will then ask what station you want to play. To which you can respond, play Sioux Falls, or play AM970, or play WWEN. From there, you can use commands like play, pause, and stop. Listen to RPR anytime, anywhere, on Alexa-enabled devices. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Real Presence Live this morning. I'm Ben Frost, hosting this morning with Father Brandon Moravitz. And we are located here on the Iron Range of Minnesota, Virginia, 
uh, Holy Spirit Catholic Church. And we're continuing our conversation uh, with Nick Davidson. Nick and his wife, Jacelyn, and their family are missionaries. They're preparing to go to Cambodia in the coming months. And we've been sharing a little bit about Lent. And in the last segment, we concluded uh, by Nick sharing about his family and their discernment and him and his wife and feeling that call. And Nick, I think we'll maybe just pick up there for uh, maybe just to continue to share about that call and maybe just share a little bit more about like your your family and and how you're kind of preparing for uh, for this mission that's coming up. Sure. Yeah. So our oldest three are adopted. We adopted them when we lived down in the Caribbean. And from the day, the first day, we knew they were going to be ours. We have always been very very vocal and and consistent in saying like, just remember, like we don't we're not putting down roots. We know we're not for here. We know that we'll be you know transient and. So they are they are sad. I mean, we've been in International Falls three years. We've been stateside for seven years now, and um, it will be tough. But at the same time, like we've we've focused really hard on making our family unit be the strong point, um, even to the to the exclusion of other activities they could have done here in the community. Knowing what we had ahead of us, knowing that uh, every bond they formed um, would have to be kind of torn anyway, we we spent a lot of time making our family unit super strong, or as strong as you can anyway. Um, spending a lot of time together so that when we move, you know, that's the that's the unit that goes with you. And when you travel the world and you end up in a country where, you know, you can't speak the language a lot and you're kind of a little bit isolated, you still have each other. Um, so we've, we've done that. The kids are half excited and they're half sad. Um, when they see pictures of what it's going to be like there, they're very, very excited. And when they hear that, you know, like the lifestyle will be quite different and a lot freer than it is here, they're very excited about that. But uh, sad to lose friends. But again, when you hear other question earlier, why would we do this? This is something I think everybody has to think through, but we constantly have to think through, like, why are we doing this? Why are we uprooting our family? And why are we heading over there? And in the end, it ends up, I mean, usually we were talking about it yesterday, and we actually posted something um, on our on our Facebook page for Freely Given for a nonprofit that, you know, it's kind of a well-known quote from John Paul II, where he says, you know, it's Jesus that you seek when you dream of happiness. It's, it's He's waiting for you when nothing else satisfies you. He's the beauty which you're so attracted to. He It's he who provokes you with that thirst for fullness that won't let you settle for compromise. So, like, it's Jesus. Like, that's, that's the reason. And, and Jason realized, oh, no. I mean, she's a doctor, and she's going to do the best she can there to, to work in medicine. And I'm a preacher. I'm going to do the best I can to preach. But in the end, the reason we're going, however God works it out, the reason we're going is because it's Jesus. Because we, we've been given him. And he's everything everyone's looking for anyway, and so, so, so that's why we're going. That's that's the hope anyway. In whatever door God opens while we're over there, and we don't know what it'll look like. We just know. I mean, we don't know anything of what it'll actually look like on the ground yet. But um, we know that He's asking us to go. Um, and so that's kind of like that for anybody, though. Just for you guys listening, that's the same for you. God's always asking you to go into all the world. He's asking you to do that and to live that gospel and to remember that you have Him. You have what everyone is looking for. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's why we're going and the family knows it and uh, it'll be awkward and it'll be a transition, but, um, life here can be awkward too. So it's okay. Yeah. You know, Nick, one of the things that, um, I, I, <laughs> honestly, your witness, um, of trust in the Lord has been something that has really been stirring in me, um, this Lent since you were here. Um, because I think often we can talk about how we trust the Lord and he's with us and all these things, but like. The idea of you just selling your house and selling everything and going to a country you don't know and bringing these children you've adopted and your own children and like not knowing what's ahead and knowing the struggle in my mind I like 
oh, that looks so romantic and nice. Like that can like, but the reality <laughs> is, it's not always very romantic. Like there has to be an utter trust in God's providence in all things. And I think so often we can talk about that, but to actually act upon it is a whole nother ball game. And I, I think for all of our listeners, like, what is God calling you to in radical trust? in his providence to provide for you and not to be held back by what's stirring in your heart. I think often the stirrings of the spirit get held back because we just aren't willing to quite step out in trust. Or too comfortable. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. easy to talk, but it's hard to actually step out. And and just in a very short time, could you just speak to like, what's that experience light of like, I'm sure it's exhilarating, but also incredibly scary. Yeah, no, it is. And it's funny, we've been doing this, you know, we've been married 20 years, and God has been taking us all over the world, but it seems like he's always asking us to jump from higher points, so it never gets comfortable. Like, and I mean it, like, I, I would say 15 times a day, I, I get waves of panic, where I'm like, oh, oh no, oh no, because it seems like what God has planned for us this time around is that we will have enough money to go, and we won't have enough money to stay, uh, like, it, it indefinitely. Like, we don't have the monthly support we would need. We don't have the money in the bank we would need. It seems like God, this time, for us, is saying, listen, I, I prov- I'm providing enough for you guys to get there and to settle. And that's all I'm going to give you right now. You just, you wait it out, man. You just trust me. And that, it is it exhilarating, but it is terrifying <laughs> in the right way. But but I do want to say, like, I, because it is romanticized, I, I want to say uh, 50%, it is romantic. It's amazing. And yeah. I feel bad for anybody who doesn't ever take those leaps because it, I would never go back. Even if I'm scared right now, I would never go back to not trusting because it's way, way better. But I also say that it can be easy for somebody listening to hear me. You know, I'm a speaker, so I'm polished at it. And it can be easy to think like, oh, wow, that's for them. But I would challenge you. What What do you think is different between me and you? There's, there's, like, I anybody knows me, Father Brandon and Ben. They know me. Like, I am an idiot. Like, there's nothing different between me and anyone else except for just idiotically saying, "Yeah, that's it. That's all it is." And so, it is a challenge for anybody listening. You can, you can jump too. God's always asking us to do more. We're just never listening. Ah, so good, Nick. I really, I, I'm so grateful for just sharing and, and challenging us. And, you know, your family's going to be coming up to our parish uh, for Palm Sunday weekend. And, and one of the things that's been in my heart is just encouraging my parishioners and our people in this area to, to find ways in which they can support um, your family as you endeavor to this big, big step of trust to, to bring the Lord um, to another part of the world. And could you just maybe just uh, speak to, like, how people can provide for your needs um, as a family? Sure. Um, and yeah. just what they can do to help you guys out. Sure. Uh, so if they go to freelygiveninc.org, so uh, freelygiven and then INC, freelygiveninc.org, freelygiven is our nonprofit. There is a donate thing. That, that's, that's our website. It's all about us. You can learn about us. So you can donate. You can support us um, financially, which we will need, and we'll be sending out. If you get on our mailing list, if you go to our webpage, um, the homepage, after a few seconds, a pop-up will happen, and you can get put on our, our mailing list. We'll send out emails and keep you updated, um, and we'll send you out like a little thing you can put on your fridge that whenever you see it, you pray for us. We do need money. I mean, that's that's a given. Everybody does. Every nonprofit does. But the bigger thing we need is we need we need trust and faith, and that comes so much from people lifting us up in prayer. So yes, if you can give, I know God's challenging us to give not just during Lent. He's giving us challenging us to always give, but also please give your time in prayer as well. We need that so that our faith stays strong, that we have wisdom overseas how to spread the gospel and. Um, yeah, our website should have that, and please spread the word. If people would tell more people about us, 
And then lastly, Nick Davidson on YouTube, that's my YouTube channel, there is a playlist called Our Missionary Life. And that can update you on things. If you share that around and spread the word, if we get subscribers, we can make money doing that. So, yeah, just uh, share it around. Tell people about uh, our, our nonprofit and about our mission work and then pray for us. Awesome. Nick, really appreciate your time, as always, coming on and, and sharing your stories. And uh, thanks for all you're doing. And please know that we're praying for you, okay? Okay, thank you so, so, so much. I appreciate the time. All right. God bless you. Talk to you later. Bye, guys. Yeah, bye now. Oh, so good. He is such a good man. Pray for him, my friends, if you're out there. And uh, yeah, good work. We are going to uh, take a moment and hand it back to our technical director, Eli, for a preview of our next show. Eli, good morning. Morning, Ben. Thanks uh, for hosting today. You guys are doing great. It's good to have you guys back on the air. We've got another great show coming up tomorrow morning, 9 to 11 a.m. Central, here on the Real Presence Radio Network. That's hosted by Kathleen Kavork, coming to you live from the Terrasocta Retreat Center in Rapid City, South Dakota. She'll talk with Jim Kenyon. He'll tell us about a mental health perspective, faith over fear. Then Carol Kling and Amy Julian will talk about providing women a place of healing and forgiveness. All that and a whole lot more is coming up on the next Real Presence Live. That's Friday morning, 9 to 11 a.m. Central, here on the Real Presence Radio Network. Right back to you. All right. Thanks, Eli. Father Brandon, in our last two minutes, I was, I was struck, throughout today, we've been talking about Lent. Uh, we just talked about uh, with Nick about uh, his missionary life. Maybe just this last minute, like, again, this idea of, like, we get so comfortable, but God calls us out of that comfort, and we're in this time, and maybe just a way you could encourage our listeners to, to take that step out of their comfort and, and to trust the Lord. Yeah, yeah, it just goes back to that, that, that scripture passage of just be not afraid. You know, great, great John Paul II, just be not afraid. Fear paralyzes us from really, really becoming saints and really evangelizing the world. Um, be not afraid. And we had so many, so many speakers today that, that just shared how they are pushing through that fear to truly live the gospel in the world. Yeah, amen. And for all of you listening uh, this morning, be not afraid. Take that step out. Take that step out of comfort and know that God is with you, that he loves you. And it's been a great show today. Father, would you close us in prayer? Yeah, and may the Lord bless all of our listening audience. Anybody that's out there right now, there's something stirring in your heart. You know God's calling you to something and maybe you're holding back. May the Spirit just give you fortitude and perseverance and give you fire. May the Lord bless you, protect you, and lead you to greatness and holiness of life. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you at our next show. God bless. This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast anytime of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence Radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live, local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.